0: Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. When when everything is said and done, is what you've poured your life out for worth it? forget what evangelist i think it was spurgeon but don't don't quote me on that but on his tombstone it says is what you're living for worth jesus dying for because we're all living for something something gets you out of bed in the morning i hope i pray as your pastor it's because this is a day the lord has made there was a time in my life what got me out of bed in the morning was the almighty dollar. It got me out early. It made me put my life at risk. It kept me up late. Anybody else relate to that? And I served it. And I thank God that I'm not a slave to that anymore. So morning I want to share with you, a message simply entitled, Always Without Exception." always without exception. the Lord shared something with me um, about today and I'm not sure why he did but he all I, all I saw was was the, the hip of somebody and I don't I, I can't tell you if it's a male or female it was just like well, this portion and they had a, a, a bag and it, it was open. And, and they were holding the bag like this and with their other hand they were they were walking th- amongst us and with their other hand they were reaching into the bag and handing out that's all I saw and God said this to me I will be there Sunday morning with special graces and so this morning as is, is we get into the word I, I I want you to know something that that if the Holy Spirit deals with your heart about something, just right then and there. You don't have to wait till the end of service. Right then and there say, God, help me with that. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to do that. Always without exception. 1 Corinthians 14 and 8. In the New King James, it says it this way. For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad I'm your child. I'm so glad that you trust me with your heart. Holy Spirit, I trust you to do what you do so well today and to make these truths personal to each and every one of us. I thank you, Father, for clarity of thought and liberty of spirit to share. Amen. I would would sum up the times that we're living as, as confusing. Would you? confusing. We are wrestling in this country like never before about the issue of abortion, whether it's okay to kill a child. Can we kill it before it's born? Can we kill it after it's born? It's amazing we're even having the discussion. The NCAA removed all tournament games from North Carolina because North Carolina once attempted to pass a bathroom law that says if you're a guy, you got to go in the guy's bathroom. If you're a girl, you got to go in the girl's bathroom. I'm in favor of that, by the way. We are in a time of confusion where young people, people, period, many don't even know if they're a guy or a girl. They're so deceived as to think that maybe they can change that. I'm Not being critical. Listen, it's a time of confusion. It's a time of confusion, e- even in the church. Some people think we're living in the last days. Some people think we're the rapture has already happened. Some people think we're living in the thousand-year reign of Christ. Some people think that Jesus will come back before the tribulation. Some people think halfway through the tribulation. Some think after. Just this week, several hundred ministers marched on capital of their state, demanding that abortion rights be upheld and free. Ministers, confused. Is our president a gift from God? Is he a trick of the devil? Confused. Is it okay to break the law to come into this country or not break the law and come into this country? We're confused. And I I know in my own personal life, when there's confusion, when there's doubt, you can become stagnant. It was said that Jimmy Carter is arguably one of our worst presidents ever, certainly in the modern age. He wasn't our worst president because he wasn't a good guy, because he was. They said he, he, he struggled to lead because he was actually one of the most intelligent presidents we've ever had on an IQ basis. But reading books about his administration, he was often stagnant because he couldn't decide. He would listen to this advisor, and this advisor would say, go right. And he'd listen to that advisor, and this advisor would say, no, go left. And he'd talk to this advisor, and this advisor would say, we need to stand still. And he just couldn't decide. Stagnation because of a lack of clarity. And that happens in our lives as believers. By far, in our decades of, of ministry, the number one question... We have been asked, what is God's will for my life? And people often are standing at the starting point, if you will, Lord, and they're hesitant to move forward because they don't really know what God's will is. There's inside of them a desire, a a heart to do right. They sincerely want to do what God wants of them. They they want to see god move they want to see miracles they want to see things happen and and yet there's they're stuck and this verse tells us that that when the trumpet makes an uncertain sound who goes to battle In those days when an army went to battle it, they didn't have a PA system. They can communicate with 10,000, 20,000 soldiers. And so the trumpet would blow, and this sound means this, and this sound means that, and that sound means that. And the trumpet would blow, and and this guy would say, I, I think it means, I think it was, this one said, no, I, I, I heard. And so they, they stand there. A number of years ago in Europe, They had one of the uh, most costly train deaths. 216 people got killed and the train never wrecked. The train had started through a tunnel in the Alps and had gotten most of the way through the tunnel. This is in a day when they had coal-fired steam engines and it had gotten most of the way through the tunnel And because they're going through the mountains, they have an engine on the front of the train, and they also have an engine on the back. So at times they could pull, other times they could push. And they got most of the way through the tunnel, and there was ice on the track, and they, they hadn't properly filled the sanders. You know, on trains there's a thing that drops sand on the rails to give them traction if it was ever ice. And they hadn't properly filled the sanders, and the train got most of the way through the tunnel but got stuck and it couldn't move forward because of the ice. And so they stopped, and the decision was made to back up. Let's try again. But there was confusion between the front engine and the rear engine as to what they were doing. And so the front engine began to try to back up, and the rear engine tried to go forward. What killed the 216 people is the smoke just filled the tunnel as both of these engines were working as hard as they could work to try to make progress, and yet they're actually just killing everybody. The trumpet makes an uncertain sound. Who goes to battle? What do I do? This morning I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart about sharing with you some but not all of the times That there's a truth that is always and without exception. There is something you can do that you should and can always do without exception. Number one, hope. You can always hope. You can always give thanks. You can always love. You can always be merciful. First one is be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. In everything. Not for. In. In things are going really good in your life don't think they've gotten so good you can forget to thank God and when you've really gotten to a place where you despair of life don't ever get to the place where you still can't thank God it's always and without exception the will of God that you and I give thanks it's always true that is the will of God for you to give thanks, to have a thankful heart. Paul warned us of a a danger in the last days, and it said that they would be murderers and they would be liars and adulterers. They would lack natural affection. I think of that every time I think about we're arguing in this country, whether a child born alive could should just be allowed to die on the table. It just seems like natural affection would tell you that she's wrong. Amen? But in that group of things, one of the dangers of the last days is that men would become unthankful. Isn't that odd? With murderers and lacking natural affection and liars and adulterers, there's that group of people that Paul said it would be dangerous. Because we're unthankful people. It's always the will of God, without exception, that you and I be thankful. That we sincerely be thankful. A number of months ago, I was with somebody at a a table, a a fellow believer. There's a couple of us there, and I asked them to pray over the meal, so so They did. This sounds judgmental. I'm just uh, let it be. But bow their head, Father. We thank you for this food. We bless it in Jesus' name, Amen. And they really? Where's the thankfulness in that? Maybe it's maybe it's because I was once homeless. Maybe it's because I I know what it's like to be hungry. But to this day. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that food. Most of the people in the world don't eat well. Most of them don't. We think we got it hard here. Listen, folks, I've seen where people have it hard here. Going on a cruise ship, got off on an island, and and to protect... The tourists from the, the the natives, they've they've got a fence put up around the around the area where the tourists are gonna be pigging out in the buffet, lounging in the sun. You could you can look you can look over there and there's the chain link fence and and there are there are skeletons of people I'm trying to get your attention. And there people go to the buffet and they, they get some food, they eat half of it and throw the rest of it in the trash, mere feet away from somebody who just. That would be the best meal they've ever. What you just threw away would be the best meal they've had in a long time. I'm, th- I'm thankful. Always, without exception, we should be thankful. We should pray always and without exception. Luke 18 and 1. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's what he said. Always to pray. Listen, folks, never quit praying. Paul said, pray without ceasing. All day long, whenever you face a heartache, pray. Whenever you're aware of another's need, go ahead and pray. Just constantly talk to him. He was once, this man that I was ministering to was once a, a very well-known evangelist. Would speak at packed houses. He was highly in demand and 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 he was used that way of God. And, and the credi- the services were incredible. And he saw an incredible number of people saved and healed and delivered, but but when I had, was honored to meet him, he had long ago backslid. He'd wasted his life in a bottle, and he'd wake up in the morning and begin getting drunk. And He hated me coming to visit him, but I, I just kept going. He got to the place he wouldn't answer the door. But thankfully, he'd come in the night before drunk, and so it wasn't locked. But I'd knock on the door and I'd see him sitting in his lazy boy watching TV. I know he heard me and he wouldn't get up and answer the door and I'd invite myself in. One day I just, you know what, I figured he doesn't like me anyhow. I might as well just go talk the truth to him. He's sitting there watching TV totally ignoring me. I said, sir, I need to ask you a question. at this point I'm just a young pastor I've been a pastor for less than two years I said I want to ask you a question I mean this with all due respect what do I need to do to make sure I don't end up like you he turned the TV off he was mad he scooted up in his chair I'll never forget he said don't quit talking to God no matter what you're going through, you got to keep talking to him. I'm in this mess because I quit talking to him. And if you don't quit, if you quit talking to him, you'll end up like me. So don't quit talking to him. Jesus said it this way, men ought always to pray. Folks, when things are going great, talk to him about it. When things are going bad, talk to Him about it. When you're doing good, talk to Him about it. When you're blowing it, talk to Him about it. When you feel like it, talk to Him about it. When you don't feel like it, talk to Him about it. When you can see your way clearly, talk to Him about it. When you don't even know your next step or your next meal, talk to Him about it. Just keep talking to Him. Always and without exception, keep talking to him. Amen. Hope always without exception. 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Hope always. And without exception, never, ever give up. Never, never, never give up. Never give up on yourself. Never give up on somebody else. Always keep hope. Always keep hope. I just recently shared with somebody a story of a fellow that is very dear to our hearts. We went to pastor a church where he and his wife were at. And there was a time when he used to be a pastor, but health issues had caused him to, to become frail. And he'd had more than one stroke. And so he, he had a hard time walking and he had a hard time talking. But he faithfully would struggle in with the help of his wife into service and sit down. And week after week, we did our best to preach and to love. And then one, one service in the altar service. I, He had made a little bit of improvement, but God told me to have him come up. Now, I wanted to go back to where he was because him moving was a struggle. He, just to get up out of his pew was a struggle. And and, and to, to get his walker into to but God told me to stand where I'm at and have him come up. And so I, I asked him to come. And it seemed like it took forever for him. He they always sat on this side, like third row back. And he struggled to get to his feet. And I just wanted to go back there, but there was a purpose in all this. And he struggled to get the walker, and he, he made his way up to the front. And I don't even know what I'm going to do. I thought I was just supposed to pray for him. And. All of a sudden God gives me a word for him. A man whose mouth is crooked and he can't talk and he can't walk. And I lean forward and I'm like, God, are you sure? I said, Brother, God told me, you haven't preached your last message yet. He can't talk where you could fully understand him I says in fact God says you haven't pastored your last church the dude who couldn't get up out of the pew I don't remember how long it was but he preached for me more than once and he did a good job and the ailments just day by day got better and he got better and he didn't need his walker anymore. And he'd, the face began to go back the way it was. And sometime after we left pastoring there, he went out and started his own church. He pastored his own church. I'll never forget what he said. We, we had left there, and the people that had followed us, the pastor that had followed us, they were cleaning house and and, you know, we remember when cassettes were. Some of you, anybody know what a cassette is? That was the modern technology back then. We recorded all of our services and would duplicate cassettes for people. And, and so we had the master copies, I, you know, five years' worth of preaching. The new pastor coming in said, listen, we got all the masters from when Brother Rice was here. We're going to get rid of those if anybody wants to buy them. His brother put his hand up and said how much he'd give. It was an ungodly amount of money for 200 cassettes. And the pastor said, you'd give that for those old cassettes? I wouldn't give nothing for the old cassettes. He says, but those messages gave me my life back. Hope, church. It's never, ever, ever beyond hope. God's looking for people just to hope. Bible says to hope in all things. Love hopes. It doesn't quit. It always hopes without exception. It hopes. As long as you have breath in your lungs and there is still a God, you have reason to hope. You have everything you need right in that moment. For everything to turn around. Because when you're a child of God, I want to tell you something. you got to get this. That breath that you inhale is not just air. It's a gift from the Almighty. It's a gift from God that says, I I still hope. So Jesus is headed to a place where a man's daughter is sick. And they get halfway there and word comes that the young lady has died. Jesus turns to the man and basically said, don't you give up, stay with this. Because I want to tell you something, when Jesus started walking to her house, he knew what he was going to face. And yet he started walking. And he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He didn't start in you so that you would fail. He started in you because he believes he can make this thing work. And all he needs out of you and I is hope. Hope never quits. Hope just keeps on going. You look at a situation and when you have hope, it just means that you're coming from farther behind than you were before. Hope Always, without exception. Trust God, always, without exception. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Trust God. Trust God in the process. Trust him. He will do what he said he will do. He will accomplish what he set out to accomplish. What he said, will he not perform it? God is not a God that can lie. Man can lie, but God cannot lie. It is appointed. God's good about setting appointments. And if you will just hold on, if you will keep praying until that appointment comes, If you will just hope until that appointment comes. If you will just keep on trusting God always and without exception, trust Him. You say, well, it's looking real bad. And uh, there was a time when this whole stinking planet looked real bad. It was without form and void. and darkness was upon the whole stinking planet. And the Holy Spirit came in and just moved across the face and everything began to change. I want to tell you, I've been there countless times when it seemed absolutely hopeless. And then in a moment, out of nowhere, God. That's it, just God. He just shows up and it changes everything. It changes everything. And so you trust Him. You don't trust the circumstances they may stink you may you don't trust yourself you don't lean to your own understanding you don't trust a man or a woman you trust God you place your trust in God and you stand firm and then you're like a tree planted by the waters I shall not be moved listen we can mount up with wings like eagles we can run and not grow weary we can walk and not faint but if you can't fly and you can't run and you can't walk stand still and see the salvation of god but don't ever back up and don't ever quit trusting god trust him always and without exception forgive always and without exception Matthew six fourteen, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Why should I forgive? Because you want forgiven. Anybody in here want forgiven? Do you want forgiven sometimes? I want forgiven all the time. Now this isn't talking about salvation here, folks. This is talking about relationship with God his attitude is real simple i've forgiven you of a lot of junk you can forgive them that thing they did to you amen so forgive always and without exception forgive that ought to be a a principle in our life And, and listen there's I've learned something that, that has helped me down through the years. That word is, a, is, is, is a, a, two words. It's a compound word. It means to give. It means to give something. Now, if John gives me something, and then I give him something, I didn't give, I sold. Some of you are salesmen. You don't, you don't want to give until they... Come on. Well, I'll forgive you, but you got to No, that you ain't forgiven nothing. Forgiving is give. I have this now, it's yours. And then there's the word for. Like forewarned or foreordained. It means beforehand. You don't wait until the fellow puts his foot in a mud puddle. You say, oh, yeah, watch out for that puddle. It's it's a determination to forgive. It's this attitude that it doesn't matter what you do. I've already determined I'm going to give to you forgiveness. Our first day here, those of you that were here, I preached on peace. And in that message, I said, you know what? Right now we're on a honeymoon. Y'all look beautiful to me. You probably think I can't do any wrong, but that ain't going to last forever. I said, at some point in time, y'all are going to get under my skin. You're going to aggravate me. And I want you to know right now I forgive you. I do. I've already determined that. And I said, and at some point in time, I'm gonna mess up. I'm gonna say something stupid. I'm gonna do something stupid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a bad decision. You know, pastoring, you, you, there's a lot of decisions. And and when they get to my desk, it's usually because nobody down the line wanted it. I don't get to pick out the toilet paper. I think we ought to go with this. this. No, no, I don't, I, don't get, I don't get easy stuff like that. Pastor, should we have this kind of bottled water or that kind of bottle? I never get asked those questions. I just drink whatever they give me. I don't particularly like this brand, but I don't get... My, my question is a little bit farther up the line. My, my, my decisions, my struggles, and I've just determined I was going to forgive everybody, but I'm going to mess it up once in a while myself. And so I asked the congregation, I said, would you forgive me right now for that thing I'm going to do 10 years from now? And they laughed. But there's a principle here. What would happen if every husband and every wife in this room had already determined they're going to forgive their spouse till the day they die? Forgive. I forgive what you did right now and what you're gonna mess up next year 10 years from now boom you got it it's in the bank it's not a credit card it's a debit card credit card you got to pay it back later debit card no it's already paid why because my forgiveness was already paid two thousand years are going across And the Bible says that Jesus paid for every sin all the way back to Adam and he paid for every sin all the way to the end of time. Forgiving is paying for sin forward. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to always forgive you. Be merciful. Always, without exception. Luke 6, 36 be ye therefore merciful this is not a suggestion I know, I know we live in a time when you ain't my boss you don't tell me what to do no he does and, and, and he tells us because he's smarter than us come on he knows what he's doing he knows what's best for us He knows what's best. He really does. Because you know what? When when, when you're thankful, it releases something in your life. How many know we've been made in the image of God? he, He... you and I have a, a somewhat like a god image on us. We're, we're 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 made in his image. He created us. Some of the things you feel, he feels. And that's why you feel that way. Let's just get real for a moment. I do something for John and he thanks me. I didn't do it for anything other than I saw need and I love him as my brother, and I do for him. And he thanks me. It's sincere. It's genuine. He takes a moment, and he thanks me. Then I do something for this fellow. He just snatches it up, and away he goes. Now, who do you think I'm more likely to bless next time around? Come on. Don't let my know, pastor you know that. I'm not saying God's God God's petty but let's get real everything in the kingdom of God begets more of the same whatever you sow it's what you reap you sow thankfulness you reap thankfulness God will not be mocked whatever a man sows You sow hope, you sow trust, you ought to sow mercy. Be you therefore merciful as your Father is merciful. I've noticed those people that have a struggle being merciful is because they forgot where they came from. They forgot who they were. Get to the place where you forget how bad you were. You begin to look down the nose at other people. God's forgiven me a lot. He's been merciful to me. He showed me mercy more than I ever deserved. Can anybody else relate to that? He's always, and without exception, showed me mercy. There have been days when I didn't need it much, and there have been days when I needed to drown in it. And yet, according to the word of God, every day when I wake up, his mercies are new every morning. brand new for you and so he says to you and I you do the same thing now you can't do that if you go to bed mad at somebody because you won't wake up feeling merciful let me know what I'm talking about or being mad at somebody is just the funniest thing if you think we, just, we, we get silly and stupid when we get mad at somebody. I mean, people, we really do. We look stupid when we're mad, don't we? How many of you sit next to somebody who looks stupid when they're mad? Okay, that's what I thought. How many of you have seen the guy in the mirror look stupid when he's mad? Okay, I just... You ever gone to bed mad at somebody and the next morning you forgot? First, you forgot you were mad at them. Did that, that, that ever happen to anybody? You wake up in the morning and, and you know what you're feeling? You're feeling the mercies of God being new to you. The spiritual realm is fresh with forgiveness and mercy. And you wake up and you're like, and then you see their face. Oh, that's right, I'm mad at you. Let me know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only one. Be merciful, always, without exception. You can be merciful, always, without exception. Tell the truth. John eight thirty two, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And I know nobody in this room has ever lied like I just did. But if you're ever tempted, let's just say, anybody ever been tempted to lie? Okay. Tell the truth. Always, without exception. First off, it displays your spiritual lineage. Jesus said this to the Pharisees. Your father's the devil. He was a liar from the beginning. He is the father of all lies. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So listen to me for just a moment. When you are caught in a situation where you are tempted to lie, you literally have God the Father through the spirit of truth telling you, tell the truth. And you have the spirit of the Antichrist telling you, lie. That's when you and I get to choose our daddy. I find it that when I'm tempted to lie, the enemy's in a hurry. We lie fast and tell the truth slowly come on I'm just keeping it real folks so slow down. See it for what it is. That, that lie see here's what it is. the enemy wants you to supplant God in this situation. Whatever mess you're in that is tempting you to cause a li- tell a lie, The enemy wants this thing to begin a spiral down with you. He wants you to position God to no longer be involved in this. And so when you're in a fix, he wants to quickly remove God's remedy out of the equation so he can bring about his results. And so in that moment, we choose who our daddy is. And he lies to us and tells us that we need to tell this lie because it will free us from the pain of this situation. How many know what I'm talking about? And it frees us from nothing. At the very least, now you you are forced to remember what you said because you just made it up. But worse than that, you have supplanted God because he tells us to tell the truth all the time without exception. My wife and I were fairly newly married. We just had a baby born into our life, and I'm working a job. It's a company of about 100 people, and it's owned by two brothers. And their dad had started the company, and one day I just wasn't careful. I, I blew it in a hurry. I'm, I'm, I ran the receiving department for steel coils, these big five, six, seven thousand ton coils of steel, and I had to weigh each one of them for inventory, and I had to run them in and out of the building, and there was an airlock, you know, and they had these big steel doors that would go up, and I'd have to drive in and shut that one, and then open the next one, you know, and drive in and weigh the coil, and then drive out and shut that one and open the other one. and. I've got four hundred and some calls to do and I got five days to do them all day. So I'm busy. And I don't have a remote. I gotta hit the button when I drive by and then I gotta back up far enough and hit the button to make it go up, you know? And I, there's just there was no excuse. I just I wasn't paying attention. I'm in a hurry and so I would weigh the call and I would back into the airlock and I'd hit the button to close the inside door and then I'd hit the button to outside door and then I quick write down the weight you know trying to be efficient and I was into my third day and I just wasn't paying attention and I hit the button to open the outside door and I wrote in my tablet the weight of that other one and okay I gotta go get, get some of these and I put it in reverse and started it well the door had never gone up so I drove through that door and just ripped it man right off the side of this thinking building I don't remember what it cost, $10,000, $15,000 door. It was half as wide as this building, 25 feet tall, all all steel. I went and told the plant manager. He said, you're done. You might as well go get your stuff together because I'm going to tell you right now. Bob, who's one of the brothers, you're done. I got a baby at home. A wife. It's a time when jobs weren't easy to come by. My mind started to race why I could line my way out of this. But you know what? No. True sets is free. So instead of going to my locker and getting my stuff, I made my way to Bob's office. And that's something you didn't do. You didn't go to Bob's office. I made my way to Bob's office, up through the plant, up to Bob's office. His door was open. I knocked on it. And he looked at me. And I said, "Can I talk to you for a moment?" He said, "Yeah, what's up?" I told him what I did. You talking about the big door outside? I said, "Yeah." He said, "How bad?" I said, "It's gone, man. It's <laughs> it's in the parking lot." He looked at me. He goes. I used to have your job when my dad owned the company. I did the same thing. I did the exact same thing. I said, I bet you didn't rip it off as good as I did. He goes, I bet I did. <laughs> he be careful. He's on your way out, tell maintenance, go order another door. Is it. But but then it gets better. A year later, there, there's a big shakeup in the upper office, and, and 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 they were kind of like that. They were kind of you know they'd make firm decisions and fast and sweeping. And he got mad at somebody who ran one whole division of the company, a whole division of this company. I mean, I'd always showed up in blue jeans and a t-shirt to work. And he got mad at the guy that ran the whole division of the company and fired him. And he came out of the office after firing him, and he made his way all the way to the back of the plant. So listen, I got a new job for you. Isn't that cool? and and the funny thing was the guy who told me my days were finished there plant manager, he'd been there 32 years I became his boss isn't that neat I'm absolutely convinced if I'd have lied always tell the truth when you lie you're telling God I know better than you do I don't need your help in this I can fix this Telling the truth is never meant to be a weapon. I'm just going to tell you the truth. You're stupid. Or sometimes you just don't have to say anything. a number of years ago you ever thought about running for office and I said yeah but it won't work because I'm just going to tell the truth and some reporter asked me a stupid question I would I would have no problem looking in the eye and say that's a stupid question and I feel no obligation to answer that question next <laughs> you know what if, if, if it's not life giving see truth ought to be life giving it's free. Never put somebody in bondage. Never to hurt somebody. It's to free them. Last but not least, love. Always. Without exception. There remaineth these three, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Scripture also says that love never fails. Love never fails. So love always, without exception. Pastor, I don't know. I don't know what my, my kids are driving me nuts. What should I do? Love. Oh, you don't understand my kid. No, it doesn't, I don't need to understand your kid. Love. Love. Our perfect understanding of love casts out all fear. People do strange things when they're afraid. They act out. They become contentious. They, they say and do stupid things. And oftentimes, but not always, it's a cry out for love. That an awareness of love calms. Now you know what I'm talking about. love always without exception just just continue you say I've run out of the ability to love that's awesome now start leaning on God's ability he's been waiting for that moment for you to get beyond yourself let God love them through you love always without exception you know what's so good about God he isn't a leader not a leader that stands here and tells us to go. You know, don't do as I do, do as I say. He can tell you and I to hope always because he always hopes. He can tell us to be merciful always and without exception. Because he's merciful always and without exception. He can tell you and I to keep talking to Father because He's always making intercession to us, to the Father, always and without exception. He can tell you and I to forgive always and without exception because He forgives always and without exception. He can tell you and I to love always and without exception because He loves always and without exception that's the truth for somebody today he loves always I don't have the time to go into it but listen if you understand the nature of God and you understand the nature of love it can't pick and choose it's not love then so God commendeth his love to us in that while we were sinners. We're at our worst. He died for us. Would you stand to your feet this morning, church? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.